for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We want to thank Home Instead, our sponsor for this episode. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. Now, we have today Sasha Vakea with us to talk to us about what happens in a family, especially for the daughters, when we find out that mom has breast cancer. And I have um, I have Sasha's bio on another episode, which I am calling The Seeds of Generational Influence, and it's under the caregiving heading on my website, so you can find it very easily there. Sasha, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited about our topic because we all, all of us have friends in our family or, you know, relatives, women in our family or among our close friends who've had breast cancer. And often we just don't know what to say or do to help them. So I know in your vast experience as an oncology doctor and, and, and saving as many lives as my personal friends as you have, I would like to know how you view this. Tell me what you think about this topic. So, you know, that's really, really important. It's important from several point of views. One, cancer affects your family. It doesn't affect one person. That's very important. I remember when people come in, there are three groups of patients. One, who is already dead, but they're alive, and they already plan about retirement and this and that, and they don't even talk for themselves. Someone else is speaking for themselves. I haven't done a thing to them. The second group is the one that don't believe in diagnosis. They're going to go somewhere else and get another opinion. Can we read biopsy? What if it's someone extra x-rays? And the third one, the one who come to, you know, the old days, the big legal path. They already been online. They already talked to everybody. Once we start, can we start yesterday? So I tried always to dig the one that they want to hold out to become who they are. Or they will refer to themselves, you know, I'm a breast cancer patient. No, you're a teacher with breast cancer patients. You know, not to lose their identity. They are who they are, and this is an extra. This is an extra journey that it can really draw so much out of it. So those are the three populations that I see. Then when they come in, you know, I have to figure out where do they fall. And I always try to address the patient and try to find as much as I can about them because I'm curious, I like people, and then I want to know about the children, how old they are, what their names are, do they have pets. You know, I know, I know not much that accounts for medical purpose information, but for me, that's very important. And what I find very important is when we have a young people, 
who life just is on hold now, you know, because this is not one of the things on your list that you made your list in the morning. Cancer was right. not on your list. And here you are. And how do we deal with the treated children? I always ask them, did you tell your children? And children mm. would be maybe a 20-year-old or it could be a 10-year-old. Mm. And they would say, well, you know, we, we don't want to, you know, we want to protect them, you know. And I, I always tell them, if you don't tell them the truth, you know, their imagination will, will carry them to places that it will never happen to you. You know, just example is if your kid is late, if your daughter is late, you know, you don't think she's stopped by Andy and is having ice cream. You think she's really killed. She's in a ditch somewhere. She's in a car accident, right? You worry. Mm-hmm. You worry. Mm-hmm. You're calling her friends. They're Christina. The, you know, but I, so instead of leaving that to children's imagination, tell them what's going on. Mom has this cancer. They don't understand what cancer, but mom is, is going to have to go through this to get well. And I always uh. insist, bring the kids. I want to meet them. Oh. I don't want the mom to go home and from this place where she talks to this Dr. V and then she goes home and throws up and she's sick for the rest of the day. I mean, they're uh-huh. going to hate me. Right. I want them to come and see. Here's the chemo place. This is the thing that goes in your mom. This is what's going to make your mom better. And, you know, so they know that this is part of healing. And then you keep them assignment, right? I used to collect those little uh, gooey eyeballs that you get them in a horror place, you know, like a Halloween. And I would tell the kid, close your yes. eyes and then open your hands. And I put that big eyeball in their hands and I said, this, oh, they goes, oh, what is that? I said, I want you to keep an eye on your mom. <laughs> and I think that's cute, right? So I tell them what to do because people want assignments. They want to yes. do things, but they don't know what. So what do you tell them? You have to wash your hands. You have to keep up your room clean. This is for smaller children. You know, yeah. help your mom. You may have some babysitters, small babysitters. The mom has to go to certain places and do certain tests, right? And then I yeah. tell the husband and the or grown-up, you know, this is your assignment. If there's a chemotherapy that causes damage to the skin of the, of the feet, the husband is in charge of the feet. You have to make sure nothing happens to those feet. So everyone yeah. gets to assignment because then they feel they're part of a team. They're always part of a team, but they don't know what to do. So it's well, important I, I to encourage our people to this is a common goal. This is yes. the beginning of your race, and we're going to have to get you to the finish line. And along the finish line, there's so many things and so many people that have to be involved. And it takes, it takes a community, not just a yeah. family, a community, church community, your friends, to get you through that. And they love when they get assignment. They love it because well, they don't know what to do. What I love about that is what I find with women, especially in my, and I, I'm so guilty of this myself. I don't even know how to tell people what I need. I mean, for me, if my feet need lotion, I just put it on myself. But my husband will ask me, you know, to, to do those kind of tasks once he knows I need it or, or I want that help. So I love it that you immediately give assignments to the whole family so people know what the different pieces of the puzzle are that they can actually pick up and help mom with. That's such a blessing. Well, you know, women are care providers. They are caregivers. Yes. So, you know, when you look at a woman's list, I mean, she has everything on the list, you know, family, yes. house, kids, dog, pool, you know, dry cleaning, da 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 yes. page, turnover, still not on a page. You know, Tommy, you have to put yourself on top of the page. It's now be, it's, it's, a, it's being not selfish, it's being self-full. Yeah. You have to be now recognizing how important you are to all those people on that list. And uh, 
you have to stay alive because all those people will benefit. And when yeah, you put in that context, not that she's, you know, selfish and put herself on, on the top right. of the list, but she's self-full, that she has to stay alive for those people around her. You know, it's yeah. a different, it's a different view. She kind of finds out like, oh, because they don't think they're, that they're needed by somebody because we don't tell them. You know, you don't say thank you to your mom who makes you, you know, breakfast to take to school and, and, and breakfast to eat at home and, you know, lunch, uh, you know, all that stuff. We never even think about it. It's just things like what that's what she's supposed to do until one day she can do. Well, I love the idea. How many of your patients actually do this where you have a, a mom and a daughter? To me, it looks like one of the first things a daughter could do is help her mother, especially like I know women who are in their 30s and 40s and then their mother gets breast cancer, especially in that case, a, an older, a grown daughter could help mom identify the different parts of her day, what her tasks are, and then put someone else's name out after them. Do you have many patients, daughters that have oh, a yes. to do oh, that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's a whole process. It's not just a daily chores. It's also what's happened to her body. They could be part yeah. of that, you know, because mom is losing hair, right? Yeah. But I tell you, you know, why don't you get a grandkid to so take a little bite out of your hair and cut your hair, do a haircut together, you know? <laughs> uh, if, 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 and I tell you, you know, sometimes the husband shaves his head because of the wife, you know. Sometimes I have the grandkids bringing stickers to put on grandma's stickers. I have one who had a, you know, tigger playing tennis ball across someone's head. Um, you know, I make this, this is a part of the journey and we have to go to all this as opposed to mourn hair. I said, hair is not worth dying for it. I'm telling you, I don't have a lot of hair. And, you know, and breast is not worth dying for it. I mean, it's a loss. Yes. But yes. think in the context, life versus hair. It doesn't even make the same page. So yes. we have to put it, and, I, you know, usually I tell that up front. If someone comes in with gorgeous hair, I say, the hair is going to fall out. Yeah. That's it. Well, the hair is going to fall out. And you're going to get new hair. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's some way now you can protect uh, from hair loss and all that. You know, there's caps and cool things and all that. But, you know, yeah. most people realize this is not worth dying for it. I mean, once you take that immediately up front, you can feel what they're afraid of. Right. It's the appearance. And what that cancer does takes away all those, all those layers of the onion, you know, the beauty, the makeup, the hair, the eyelashes, the eyebrows, the, you know, the only thing that they're happy about when they don't have to shave their legs and their eyepit. You know, the, you know, the armpits. They're, they're, they're very happy about that, but the rest of it, they don't like to lose it. You know, we go through all of this. You know, we do makeup, we do hair, 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 moves. You know, little things. You know, we're excited about the hair, we're excited yeah. with the hair is done, we know it's working. You know, we look at things in a different way. Well, we have about two minutes to the break. When we come back, I want to talk about joy. I liked what you said on the other episode about the acronym for joy. So we'll we'll pick up there when we come back. I want us to keep focusing on ways that daughters are affected when their mother has breast cancer. And I sure want to ask you how to how to talk about that with my girlfriends when I when I know they're okay. going to, you know, when they're diagnosed, it's such a common diagnosis. And I, I really appreciate all that you're doing to fight back 
so that we can preserve the life of my some of my most beloved friends have been through this. So anyway, stay tuned with Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio. We're and if you want more of this episode or the one we did with Susan Ellsworth, who's an oncology nurse, we have two episodes with her. And you can find all that at kathycraffy.com, K-R-A-F-V-E. And we'll be right back after a few promos. You can also look for Sasha Vakaya at Texas Oncology. I better make sure I'm giving the right. uh, When we come back, I'll make sure I have the right web address in case you want to look for Sasha there. Stay tuned. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. a dynamic woman? Sandra Beck and Linda Crater host Dynamic Women Talk Radio, bringing lively weekly shows in a roundtable format with influential guests from around the globe. This amazing tribe of diverse and accomplished women share their candid views on topics such as reputation, handling rejection, loyalty, what is sexy, overthinking, blended families, and much more. Discussions are joyful with freedom to address topics from various perspectives with candor, respect, and no judgment. These are the conversations you wish you could have with all your family and friends. Dynamic women have lived their lives boldly with unexpected and sometimes undesired turns in the road of life. Yet detours and bumps bring opportunity, personal growth, more authenticity, and a fresh outlook. Join our welcoming tribe of dynamic women each Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, also on iTunes, and more information at dynamicwomentalkradio.com. Celebrating vibrant, charismatic women everywhere. Join the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles. Entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. On Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on iTunes, and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. Thanks. 
thank you for listening to our sponsors promos. I want to just tell you we're we're talking to Sasha Vakea, and her name is spelled V U K E L J A. She is a well-known and beloved oncologist in this East Texas region, and I just am so blessed and fortunate to have her on the show. She, to me, she is the epitome, the picture of what a joyful life looks like and how it affects all the lives around them. And you had an acronym for joy on the other episode we did. Sasha, I just wanted you to review that so people can hear that on this episode, too. You know, it's from my preacher, David Dyke, but he always says joy stands for Jesus first, other second, and you, and hope stands having only positive expectations. So, you know, I, I think if you put others ahead of you, you'll be so much better off. And yeah. knowing, having this positive expectation is also very important. I always tell my patient, listen, uh, believe in your diagnosis, but do not have to believe in your prognosis. Because I'm not a god. I can just tell you what textbook says. So I want my patients to have hope. Well, I, I think that that's an amazing comment. I, I always tell my kids, mom is all-knowing. I mean, God is all-knowing, but mom is not. So uh, that's kind of the same thing there. Sometimes we think we know more than we actually do, but we can't, we can't know for sure. We Sometimes we just have to stay in the moment and understand what is happening in the present now. So, But, Sasha, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, for those of us who've recently had friends diagnosed with breast cancer, it can be really awkward. And we know it runs in families. It's, uh, it can be hereditary. And, and I know there's genotyping and all kinds of things they can do now to predict that. So when you have a diagnosis in the family, it, it's not just the mom who has a bad, I mean, that's a bad day for mom, but it's also a bad day for the daughters. So talk to me a yeah. little bit. How, how do we address that as our as our friends experience that, what can we do as friends? What can we say? Well, yeah, that's a very, very good question. And I want to address first the mother and daughter. So, you know, when you have, your mom has a breast cancer, the first thing goes through daughter's uh, mind is my mom's going to be alive. And the question is, would I get breast cancer? So yeah. I think um, that's a very important point. And we do address that. We address that. What's the risk factor? What kind of genetic testing? Because we know we can predict there are genes very small percentage, less than 5%, running family gets passed on. And if the, if the patient has that gene, then the daughter has to be tested. And if she has a gene, she can do surgical redu- risk reduction. She can remove her breast. She can get a different screening and follow-up. So that's important because there's a true risk. It's not just mm-hmm. fear that, yes, you are at high risk for breast cancer because your mother has breast cancer. So that's an important thing to remember. Number two if you have breast cancer, what do you tell a patient? Well, you could talk about it or you could maybe avoid it. You know, sometimes you don't have to say anything. They oh. just need to be hugged. They just yeah. need to be held. They just need someone mm. to be there. But the other thing is don't minimize it. You know, oh, thank God, but, but you know, you could have, you could have what? Stage five? Yeah. I mean, what is it? How can you yeah. minimize anything? It's, 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 it's there, you know? But you were lucky, but, you know, it's there. It's there. Let's face it, it's there. And so sometimes it's just not avoiding and, and sometimes just start talking about other things. Because if you go to Madeline for breakfast, you know, three months ago, you didn't talk about breast cancer. You had coffee mm-hmm. and croissant. You had a great time. And now you're back in the same setting, 
And now there's all we talk about is the chemotherapy, what kind of effect did you throw up, did you not, are you nauseated, are you okay, can you feel, you know, they, they feel like the life is passing them by. So be sensitive, you know, treat them the way you want to be treated. The times that you want to talk about cancer, the time they want to show you the scars, the time, yeah. the time they want to show you the reconstruction. One lady oh. in the t-shirt says, yes, they are fake, the real one almost killed me. <laughs> After she had reconstruction. So, you know, yeah. sometimes you may want to touch the hair that's going back. That's so soft. Once you touch mm-hmm. the hair, you're going to have to keep your hands out of it because it's impossible because they're so <laughs> soft. You know, celebrate little victories and oh, be that's part a of the journey. Piece of advice. And I be who that. you are. You, you know, don't change. Be who you are. If you're curious about something, ask them, let me see, what does it look like? What does it look like not having a burst on your chest? You know what? I love that idea of ask. And and that's such a life thing for me where if I don't know, because I do find myself, I think of myself as socially awkward. So sometimes I just ask what I don't know. And I, it's interesting. So I love it that that's one of your points to, to enjoy the moment, be sensitive, share and cherish the victories, the small victories along that's the way. Right. And then ask, I think, I think a good question might be, hi, I wanted to spend time with you. What do you feel like talking about? Do you want to talk about breast cancer or you want to talk about everything but that? What What's on your heart today? That, That's that be, exactly right. That would be a good question. Do you have other questions that you find really help when you ask them? Well, you know, the other thing I think, uh, people love to laugh. And I always tell someone oh. told me this once before, laughing is inner jogging. You know, if you laugh a lot, you don't have to exercise. But laughing is so good. And when you start worrying about things that everyone is worried about it, you know, which is like, you know, the size of the, of the hips, this and that, you know, don't, don't, don't treat them like they're dead. They're going to be worrying about the same thing they always be worried about, their cholesterol. I have one patient always want to know what her cholesterol is. And I just said, why? It's stage four cancer. And he said, yeah. because everyone else is worried about cholesterol. If you worry about my cholesterol, that means I'm going to be alive for a long time. You know what? Ah. Check his cholesterol every time he came in. <laughs> I love it. And, you yeah. know, exercise. Exercise is a big example. We have treadmills in our, in our office. You know, uh, uh-huh. the other started Fit Steps, which is exercise, you know, programs for cancer patients, which is free. Yeah. So you come to my clinic, and I'm late. And I said, I'm late. Uh, once you get on a treadmill for half an hour, I'll come and get you as soon as I'm done. And they look wow. at you like, wait a minute, I'm like a cancer patient. I'm dying. Why am I getting on a treadmill? Because, you know, intrinsically there is a, there is a message. They must tell me to be around for a while because otherwise they wouldn't wow. be exercising me. And we wow. don't do it for that reason. That's just a, you know, underlying message that the patient gets. But the real reason is people live longer. So yes, we want people to exercise. We want our people eating smart. It's not optional in my book. It's part of the treatment. Well, and the last exor- thing I tell them exercise is, is a, exercise is also a stress reducer. It it just I think oh. of it as I think of it as the the chemistry lab where you have the tube and it's filled with fluids. If you shake it up, that's got to be good for your system to get shaken, all your chemicals shaken up in your body. You know. But you know, let me just say something to that. That's a very good point. You know, when you exercise, you have increased cardiac output. And that causes better distribution of chemotherapy, yeah. better effectiveness. Oh. Uh, it's the only drug that can affect the whole body. You know, it affects the immune. It affects your immune system. It affects your strength. Is a dependence. 
less infection, less admission. I mean, it's good for everybody, and you live longer. I mean, why would I not exercise? Everyone has to exercise. I just and, and the last thing I want to say, this is part of, you know, they, may, they will get surgery, get chemo, radiation, I don't know, whatever order they're going to get those. But they have to exercise and they have to pray. Oh, Prayers, yeah. I think, are part yeah. of the treatment. You don't have to call insurance. They're, they're, they're inexpensive. Actually, they're free. You don't need special equipment, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't cause nausea, vomiting, hair loss. And it works. So uh, if they don't want to pray, I pray for them. I don't ask them, may I pray for you? I said, I am going to pray for you. I love it that that's part of your treatment. What a beautiful part thing of the to treatment. Treat, treat the spirit as And well they can the pray body. in their own language. I had one lady, she was Pentecostal. She was praying what she called a tongue. And I didn't know that just goes, you know, from here to God, not between. Because I got someone else who was Pentecostal. I said, why don't you talk to them? And they said, nope, that, that tongue language is not vertical. I mean, it's not horizontal. It's, it's, it's a vertical. I mean, it's not a, it's vertical. It's vertical. It's not horizontal. Well, I know you, you know, know more. It's only more for than, God. I know you know more. Yeah, than prayer is a part of treatment. Yeah, prayer is a wonderful part of the treatment. You're, you are treating uh, the physical and the emotional and the spiritual. I, of course, I think prayer is so uh, such an important part of why we're here on Earth is to have a companionship with each other, but also with God. And prayer is that conversation that we have with God. So it makes sense to me that as much as he cares about us, that you would want him to be part of the treatment plan for your patient, Sasha. That's really beautiful. We have about three minutes. Is there anything else you'd like to share as we go to the close? You know, the other thing, all these dishes and all the food that people bring when you're sick, you know, why don't you just ask him? You know, because it all, they all get them all at once, and there's so much waste. One of my patients, why can't you just email me or call me and say, you know, how about, when do you want to, you know, a month, a month or two months after the diagnosis. How about Friday night? You and your husband go out, I'll bring a dinner. You know, try to distribute, you know, everything when something happens like this, everyone's on top of them, they're suffocated by the attention. And then oh. suddenly everything kind of uh, weans off. And I ah. think what I would like to do is to have some, uh, some uh, delay compassion and caring and uh, to carry on through the journey, you know? Right. Just think about if you're in the race, that all the water stands are right there at when you're beginning. And then here right. you are, five miles down, no water, nothing. Right. right. Think about that. It's a journey. It's a race. It's the beginning of the journey. So line things up, a little milestones, a little table as you go through the race. There are different things, you know, that you can offer them. Unexpected, yes. call them. Say, you know what, let me take the kids to the movies for you. Right. Oh, those oh, are great you know, advice. So just, just kind of think about it. How would you like? Would you like to have two freezers full of food? And then, you know, three months down the road, wondering what we're going to have for dinner? Or do you yeah. want people lined up? So it will last. You know, make a schedule. You know, people, right. you know, women are very good in organizing things. Just let them know. You, I'm here. I want to come back in five months, six months, maybe in a yeah. year. Well, I wish we had more time, but I've got to tell you, thank you for all this very practical Oh, get me back advice. on the show. I want to be back. I want to be back. I love it. <laughs> I want you back. And I've got friends that will want you on air. So I know you're busy. And I don't want you neglecting your patients, but thank you so much. Now you can You're find all welcome. these 
all these podcasts at kathycrafty.com. Thank you. Thank you very much. You too. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, Got in.